0: Hello, and welcome to The Spire's Lookout, the unofficial podcast for Too Many Bones, Cloud Spire, and all things Chip Theory Games. Music by Montplaisir. <laughs> I'm just testing the audio, okay? <laughs> know, I'm just funny. trying to test the audio. You don't have to make fun of me all the time. Just like... Just like most ninety percent of the time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, good, uh, good. Hello, this is the Spire's Lookout. Here we are. I'm Nick, and I'm Caleb. Yeah, here we are. Here we are. I'm officially back from vacation. I am here, and uh, yeah, we're ready to rock. We've got kind of an interesting topic today. We've had uh, we've had kind of some crazy. I don't know. We've had kind of some crazy time the last little bit. I've been in Washington for most of the last. Like three weeks. And my wife is still in Washington. That was part of her Christmas gift. Is her staying a little bit longer. Let's see. Washington was really fun. Got to go to downtown Seattle. We went, I forget what the building's called, but it's like, it's called like the, the something center. It's like the something visitor center. I don't know. Oh. It's this big old building, but at the very top, you can get like a visitor's pass to just go to the very tippy top and you look down on the Space Needle. It was really oh, cool. okay. I got some beautiful pictures. I loved it.
1: Yeah, I'm not um, going to lie. The only thing like I know about Seattle is like the spaceship building.
0: That's the Space Needle. Oh,
1: that's what that's the Space Needle? Uh-huh. Okay.
0: It's beautiful, too. I've been in the Space Needle. Actually, the last time I was in the Space Needle, I set off the fire alarm. I was 12 years old. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb gave me just such a look. I was 12 years old. Um, I was up in the Space Needle, and I said, you know... Actually, I think I was younger than that. I would have been... I was probably like You're 8, like, eight or like, how fun nine. would
1: it be if I just pulled that giant red
0: shiny thing on the wall i really was like i wonder if anything will happen and spoiler alert it set Something off the fire happens, alarm. Yeah. yeah and the lady the lady was pissed she was so mad she came over and had to turn it off but uh but fortunately the whole space needle didn't have to get evacuated but as an adult yeah i think i probably would be pretty pissed too yeah totally some <laughs> like stupid punk kid comes over and pulls your fire alarm i'd be mad so yeah that's what i've done for the last couple of weeks how about you
1: um honestly mostly just work and thinking about major life changes. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, uh, me too actually. We uh we both are kind of working through you know figuring out what we want to do with the next couple of years of our lives for those of you who don't know we're we're kind of young um you know i'm i'm 20 i guess we're not that young not old, huh? i'm 24 I don't feel i'm don't that i almost 24 i'm only a couple <laughs> weeks away but... I, I
1: don't look young either i look like i'm 30 i know you got the big the
0: old man beard Yeah,
1: i got gray hair already
0: you do have gray hair
1: but you see you got the salt and pepper kind of mm-hmm. look it's a good look buddy it's a good look I had a coworker call me a silver Fox and then everyone made fun of him for secretly being in love with me (laughs) Exactly, as it should be
0: as it absolutely should be. Um, Yeah. We've kind of been talking about, you know, my wife and I, we think we're going to go back to school here pretty soon, which I'm really excited to do. Caleb's thinking about moving, Uh, but don't worry. We are going to continue the podcast. We are going to keep up with it for as long as we possibly can. Uh, even if we are doing, you know, playing games on tabletop simulator and doing long range recording, like we we plan to continue this podcast for as long as people are still interested in listening. Uh, so. Move tantrum to
1: D four. <laughs> Honestly, uh, we're also kind of thinking. I don't know if like this is something we're actually going to do, but we're thinking about doing an, another podcast as well.
0: I know we've talked about it on the pod yeah. before, and I like the longer. I don't know. The longer I think about it, the more I want to do it. I think it'd be really fun to have a video game podcast. Yeah. I really it do. It would
1: be. And it, I think the thing about a video game podcast compared to this is there's less homework. Yes. And it's like, most of it comes from like knowledge of like past games we've played countless hours already. Yep. And it's something we already really like, I mean, obviously we play board games for fun, but like video games are just something where it's like, I don't have anything better to do. I'm probably going to go to a video game. You for know?
0: sure. Well, and especially like you know, if you're working, I feel like people who do like manual labor tend to gravitate more towards video games. And I like, cause you're, you know, you're sitting and fiddling with stuff all day, every day. Like I don't blame you for wanting to veg out in front of a computer or in front of a TV screen or whatever. Like, I I get it. Uh, you know, for a long time I worked a desk job and that was part of the reason why I loved board games. I was like, I would Hate to go home and play a video game right now. What I'm gonna stare at another computer screen? Yep. No way. So, you know, I certainly get that.
1: I've been just thinking about because you mentioned it already. So I, I've been thinking about moving a couple states over, just because it's Utah. I don't know how many people that listen are from Utah or know much about Utah. Um, everyone from California is moving here. Yeah, a lot of people from other states in general moving here texans so everything is becoming really expensive and it just feels like moving out might be the best choice for someone of my age and my qualifications
0: it it might be it might be a good idea and i mean if that's what you decide to do you know i think i think it's going to go good for you but like i said we still plan to continue this podcast um now i remember what i was going to say i'm sure that the listeners have picked up on it I managed to grab a uh, cold on my trip, so you know I'm a little bit stuffy today. Bear with me. Um, yeah, I was I was just gonna mention that as uh, as, please don't yell at me. Please don't be mean to me, you guys. Please, I just have a little cold. Uh, now they're really you yeah. Now they're gonna know. now they're gonna make fun of me, and they should. They really should. Alright, well, uh, should we jump into our topic? Do we feel like we want to waffle some more? I don't, I don't know. How are you feel? Have,
1: have we already told them what our topic is?
0: I don't think so. Let's 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 jump in. So, our topic this week. We are going to be doing a ranking of the Batty Clans. We really liked oh, doing yeah. a tier list. <laughs> it was so much fun doing that Gearlock tier list. Um, so we kind of wanted to continue with that. But we still don't feel like we know the Tyrants well enough to rank them. And ranking every individual baddie is a you know fifteen hour extravaganza that we are not quite prepared for today. Yeah, maybe someday. Maybe someday. I would love to do that someday, um, especially since ostensibly we are done with content for Too Many Bones. Like not we, but I'm saying like Chip Theory is done designing content for yeah. Chip Theory or for Too Many Bones. They can say that,
1: is. but we'll reel them back in. I know. I know.
0: I hope <laughs> we do actually. Just to avoid confusion here, it's editing Nick. I wanted to jump in and say that the Spire's Lookout is not done with Too Many Bones content. I was just saying that Chip Theory uh, is finished producing content for Too Many Bones. That's what they've claimed. So, back to the show. Um, Yeah, so we're, we're going to do a ranking of the individual clans. We're basically going to treat each clan as its own section. We're going to talk about... The clan as it exists for a couple you know for a little bit and then we're going to place them in a ranking uh, what we're kind of imagining is our criteria for this ranking we want it to be sort of based on difficulty more or less I mean correct me if you feel I otherwise. think
1: yeah I think like general difficulty and then we can kind of talk about like the high and low points and maybe balance it out a little bit more because there's always going to be like oh well situationally and it's like okay but How often is it going to be that situation compared to, like, another creature or a creature type where just all around it's always going to be difficult? Like Break, for example. Yes. I feel like Break is just, like, all around, it's like they're always on, like, 100, you know?
0: They kind of are. And and I do feel like a lot of the clans, like... They're very diverse. They are. They're very diverse. You're going to hear some ASMR here from us moving around chips. We've got our physical chips in front of us today. Um, but I think that the, a lot of the clans tend to, like, I think the original six clans, like the beasts, the trolls, the goblins, the orcs, the bogs, and the scales, I think that they form a pretty nice, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of asymmetric with each other, right? There's a, there's a, they, there's not a lot of overlapping design space. Like the trolls are very much tanked, uh, you know, the goblins are very much, you know, sneaky and fast. You know, the bogs are dealing, you know, uh, alternate, po- you know, poisons and alternate conditions and breaking things. The orcs just deal a ton of damage. The scalies can, you know, they can tank a lot from their armor. I got and the they flying, oh my God. And they get stronger as the game progresses. And then you've got kind of your beasts, which is sort of somewhat miscellaneous, but it's still, there's also kind of still a. It, that one's a little bit harder to quantify, but it's still well. They, they still scale, feels scale off each day. other, so it's yes. kind
1: of, that makes it really hard to quantify. Because you kind of you got to get like the right pick for it to actually work out for them.
0: For sure, but if you end up with a handful of you know one mind mm. apes, you're gonna have a bad time from beasts. Uh, whereas the last three really feel a little bit more self-contained. Um, you know for example the mechs have poisons and they've also got bleeds and they've also got defense stuff and they've got intents and same with the Krellm you know the Krown have the Krellm have their own skills built in but they kind of borrow from the other clans and they're not really scared to and I think the break kind of does this even more so because you know yes they have ways to be untargetable and they have ways to poison you and they have ways to heal themselves but it's all through the lava yeah and that actually makes it worse. <laughs> I think I think there's also a
1: lot of clans where they work really well off of each other. Yes, and I think we should mention that when we're talking about the rankings as well. For sure. Is because like I mean, rarely are you ever going to get one solitary clan. For sure, that's not it's really. It's always going to be like three or four different types. Yes. And I mean, if you're going against what is it, Blobulus has like all of them. He has every single. He has clan. every single type.
0: So. And I think there's another one in there too. I want to say i want to say it's uh nexus has every single was it, nexus? it
1: it probably is nexus actually
0: um but yeah there's there's at least a couple of tyrants that you're going to end up going up against every single clan and if you're also doing on the undertow mat you really could end up against any single baddie
2: yeah
0: um so yeah but we we kind of want everybody to know a little bit what they can expect from an individual clan we've got all of the expansions mixed into each clans so that's how we play the game is just when we are picking clans we've got all of them mixed in so if we're getting trolls we are getting the trolls from the base game and also the trolls from 40 days in daylor and also from 40 caves and also from unbreakable all all of it um but it does still lead towards some kind of cohesive design i i feel yeah. so um do you want to start us off
1: i think we have to start off with uh, with trolls honestly Let's yeah. see where are they are. Troll's right here. Right there. Okay. Um. So we have a couple of chips here we thought would be important to talk about. So we have the troll romper, the troll cannibal, and the troll savant. So the romper is a one cost. Or sorry, not one cost. One point. Is a one point baddie. Three health. Has one attack die. Uh, it has two on the enemy meter. It has thick skin and careless.
0: I think that that, that is just such a perfect troll. Yeah. right there because he's he's from the base game mm-hmm. he's got reasonably high health for you know for, for a, a one, one point. pointer yeah. but he's got a super low initiative they yeah. are very very slow but the trade-off is he's they got that thick skin. They look slow, too. Look skin. at that. Oh, I know. You look at that guy. <laughs> he looks slow. But that thick skin, so he's got the skill thick skin 1, and then he's got uh, careless, which is triggered by a bone. Yes. Um, thick skin 1 is something that we, like thick skin in general, is something we're going to see a lot from the trolls. Mm-hmm. They have ways to prevent damage.
1: Yeah. It's it's not the best way to prevent damage, but it's solid. It's, it's not situational. It's just you're going to prevent damage every time. Um, which I think I think that keeps it from being like D or F tier for sure. Yeah. Just the, the potential of like how much tankiness they have. And that's with the one point. And then we get to someone like the troll cannibal. So this is a twenty point. This is one you probably won't really go against that often, but we picked him out because he has uh, thick skin two, taunt and reach. Um we've noticed a lot of the, the like newer stuff has
0: reached, yes especially trolls so reach came it is specifically designed for trolls mm-hmm. and it came about because of the unbreakable campaign mm-hmm. they wanted something that can help interact with the lava mat right um as well as just something else to add to the trolls flavor they were thinking that before unbreakable it like the trolls felt a little unloved and i agree with that sentiment they weren't they're boring strong. yeah i think pre-unbreakable we would have probably put them in like the year after
1: I would agree with that,
0: yeah. But
1: I mean, this guy, this guy's pretty amazing. He's, yeah, he's, he's got nine health. He's a four on the inimeter, meter. He's got five rolled attack, one rolled defense. Um, what is his
0: targets multiple? Yep, he targets the two strongest.
1: And he ha- since he has reach and taunt, he pulls you in, and then you have to attack him. Yep. and then he has thick skin too.
0: Yep. So, and realistically,
1: you're not killing him in like one or two turns more than likely. No,
0: this is this is a big dude and he is going to he is going to hurt. You want your damage dealer to stop what they are doing and they are going to want to focus on him. However, he's a 20 pointer, right? Yeah. Remember that 20 pointers obviously are going to skew things, but I think that most trolls are not going to be your first target.
1: No. I I would say most of the time the trolls are kind of just there to have like a big body. They're annoying, they follow you around, but overall you kind of just can ignore them, go for the main targets, and then hopefully you'll be able to kill them with whatever health you have remaining. Absolutely. Um, it's a tank. I will say, once you get to the 5 and the 20s, they have more rolled attack, which is a little scarier. We do have another one here, the, the Savant, which is a 5-point batty, just to kind of even it out with the 1, 5, and the 20. He has 2 rolled attack, he's got 1 defense, he's got reach and taunt. So middle of the pack, five point, you know, he's pretty tanky. He's going to hit somewhat hard. Um, and then he's obviously he's going to pull you in and make sure you have to hit him. And that's another thing where it's like you, you'd say like, oh, we can just ignore him. A lot of them have taunt. So if you can ignore them, you will. But like with taunt, that's not always an option, which I think that that's something where I mentioned earlier, a lot of the clans work well with each other. I think the trolls work really well with extremely strong ranged clans. Like, yeah. let's say beasts, like with the dragons. They taunt you, they You're pull thinking, you in. You mean scalies. With Sorry, the dragons. scalies with the dragons. Um, they taunt you, they bring you in, and then you can't attack the, the big dragon in the back who's going to just destroy your team.
0: Yep, or with bogs. I think they work really, really well with bogs because if you are trying to focus down the troll... Especially if you're taunted, like you mentioned. If you're taunted and you can't move away from them, because remember, taunt breaks as soon as you're not adjacent to them. Yeah. Um, But But if you're next to them... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They're going to pull you back in if they've got reach. So if you're dealing with that and you've got something like a bog lurk off in the corner spitting poison at you all the time, you are going to die very quick. Yeah. So I think that the trolls are... They are designed to be the tank. They're designed to be in the way. I... Think they do a good job of that, but I don't yeah. think they're the most threatening. So where do you I want to place don't either?
1: I, I want to say B. I know I think preliminary, but yeah, I think we put them in C. But I, I would think maybe B. Okay. I think just because of the fact that they they can be really annoying. They're a nuisance. They're they not the most threatening, but when paired with someone more threatening than them, it really boosts their effectiveness.
0: I think so. But I do think, and I know I just said I agree with putting them in B tier, I actually, I I still think I want to push back on that, because I still think that at their peak effectiveness, right, take for example our 20 point friend here, reach thick skin 2, taunt, and he's hitting 2 people, rolling a 5. Yeah, that's going to hurt. You don't want this guy to do stuff. But if you are a fully maxed out figment, or if you're a fully maxed out gilly, or any number of other different gear locks if you are capable of damage this guy's just gonna go down especially if you've got piercing damage like think Gilly's piercing arrow think uh statics uh is it way of the gear that punches through their thick skin there's a number of different skills that you can have that get through thick skin yeah like you're gonna get around this
1: and that that is also situational because not everyone is
0: gonna have that but i i see your point i just think that that taunt has a way around it reach doesn't it's going to displace you but I think and then you can move out of the way right you yeah. can still move out of the way and I think thick skin has enough counters that I think you're okay I think I think they're there's still worse wrong than C. thick
1: skin there really is yeah. um, okay I I, I think uh, I'm okay with either B or C but I, I can see the reasoning for C I
0: talked you so, into it yeah okay let's keep it in C for and now. I think
1: I mean we can move it as we as we talk about the different clans if we feel like uh, we'll These two shouldn't be in the same row, you know.
0: Of course. Um, Okay, moving on then. Who do you want to do next? I think since we started with trolls, maybe we go orcs. Orcs? Orcs sounds good. We're just kind of starting with the unbreakable stuff.
1: All right, so we got four orcs this time. We have orc deserter, orc axe bearer, orc bloodlord, and orc duelists.
0: Yeah, we got some crazy ones here. Did we grab a 20-pointer? Maybe we should... Oh, yeah, we did.
1: Yeah, we got one, five... 5, and 20. So we'll start with the one-pointer. The Orc Deserter has 4 health, a 3 on the any meter, he has 1 attack and 1 roll defense, and then he has Frenzy.
0: Yep, and Frenzy 1 specifically, but let's read Frenzy. If at least a number of this unit's attack dice hit, and roll their hits, roll that number of attack dice again and deal total damage of both rolls. Basically what that means is this guy, if he rolls his one attack and it hits, he's going to roll it again, and oftentimes he's going to roll two hits. So think of him as having two, uh, like situationally having two attack dice.
1: And I think I think this is perfect to like kind of jump into what we were talking beforehand. I think orcs kind of take the best out of the um, the trolls and the goblins. Yes, they have enough tankiness. But they also have more of the damage and the, the variety of ways to damage you I um, that the Goblins do. Um, and then I think that will bring us into the next one. So the Orc Axe Bearer is a 5 point with 6 health, 3 on the any meter, 2 attack, and 1 roll of defense. It has Raiding and callus. And I know we've probably beat this into the ground, but callus is annoying.
0: It's so annoying. Um, and then if let's, you want to... Yeah, let's read callus. Yeah. This unit can only lose HP from damage dealt by attack dice. True damage and fatigue are also ignored.
1: So we talked about situationally. This is extremely annoying. There are ways around it. There are gear locks that doesn't affect as much. Yep. But overall, if you're if we're playing like how me and Bird play, we have or sorry Nick, uh, we have. You know, two people, two gear locks. So typically it's going to be a frontliner and a backliner, right? Or it's going to be a physical or like a, a ranged, um, some sort, you know? Yeah. So it's probably going to affect one of us, at least one of us more than the other.
0: Definitely. I think. If you're
1: playing solo, you can get around it. Yes. But, there's
0: ways around Callus. There's yeah. always ways around Callus. But I think that this baddie in particular leads me towards feeling that the orcs are more bruisers. Mm-hmm. than yeah. than damage dealers, right?
1: And that's kind of what I was talking about with that they are the best of both worlds of the yes. tank and the the damage dealing support.
0: I think we should also mention rating too. Did you already mention that? Uh
1: yes, if you want to read it off.
0: Yes, let's read rating here. Rating says this unit gains one extra attack die for every other orc type baddie on the battle mat. So this is this is one of those things. There's we're gonna see this more, but a lot of the clans have ways to boost their attack power, or I should inside say, some the of clan, them. yeah, inside of the clan, yes. Um, and orcs, I think, are probably the biggest example of this because raiding can yeah. really get to be a big ouch. If you got two yeah. or three with raiding, remember that they combo off of each other, so you know this one is a great example he's got 2 attack but if he's got two other orc type baddies it's on the mat attack. he's rolling four attack as a five pointer and that hurts
1: and i wanted to mention there's a lot of bosses where or even like situational like events where you're calling in more baddies as yes. time goes on and if those happen to be orcs and you prioritize the raiding guy last that guy just became the most well more than likely became the most difficult enemy on the mat absolutely Moving on to the Orc Duelist. Uh, so this is another five-pointer. This is from Unbreakable, I believe. Yep. Um, this has six health, four on the enemy meter. It has three attack and two roll defense. It has Sword Breaker and Raiding.
0: And I think that this one is a just a perfect example of how they tried to kind of revamp orcs for Unbreakable. Um, this is a five pointer you'll also notice that the orc duelist has agility which is an ability we don't really talk about very much it's one of these little corner abilities it's got the two little footprints but basically this means that this baddie moves diagonally if that is more convenient it's a lot harder to back this guy into a corner and he's a five pointer and he can skirt around that he's got his rating that's going to make him stronger but Swordbreaker is brutal let's read that caleb go ahead
1: <laughs> uh, Swordbreaker. At the end of this unit's turn, its target/slash targets must exhaust one of their attack die uh, if they lost HP or buff HP
0: this turn. Brutal. Yeah, we do not like Swordbreaker. Um, that's another one of those that really forces you to rethink your strategy. You have yes. to be careful in attack or in getting attacked by this guy.
1: Again, another somewhat situational one because you yes. know uh, not everyone really uses attack die. I will say. This is a little bit harder to deal with for me than Callous just because this guy's going to be coming after you and he's going to be hitting you every turn. Yes. Right? And it's hard to to make it so a five point specifically does not hit you every turn. For sure. Normally you're gonna I'm going to get hit by this guy. Yeah. Normally you're tanking it or someone's tanking it or you've got a couple movement, but that's not going to last very long.
0: No. And you have to be really careful with these sword breakers too because there are ranged sword breakers that are in the orc deck. Also, remember, don't make the same mistake that I know that we've made where we get this confused with break. Remember, break triggers when you hit the baddie. Right. Swordbreaker triggers when the baddie hits you. So don't mix those up. We've done it before, and we've basically played it like they have both, and that's bad. Don't do not do that to yourself. Um, you want to read out our 20-pointer our here?
1: So the 20-pointer, the Orc Bloodlord, has 8 HP, uh, 5 on the enemy meter, 3 attack, 1 defense, he has frenzy 3 and talus.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty it's a pretty brutal guy. Now, fortunately, he doesn't call in any friends. He doesn't have the the little mark in the corner that makes it so he calls in buddies. But he's still swinging for 3. He's got some defense to help himself out. 8 hit points, and that frenzy 3 is wild. That means that if he gets if he gets his, you know, if he gets 3 hits, He can very easily deal five six damage to you, um, or more, right? Because remember that some of those can also crit, and they still count. You know, in addition, so you have to be really careful with this guy, particularly with that callus on there as well. It just makes him a very, it's a very solid twenty point fight.
1: Yeah, and I I think I think what the orcs are better at that the the trolls kind of lack. Is they pose more of a, a singular threat rather yes. than a threat um if you situationally have another enemy that is difficult
0: yes I orcs on they,
1: their own are very solid they are um they're they're not the most difficult so I I would argue maybe b tier they're kind of like middle of the road but they're better middle of the road than the trolls on the on the C tier. I
0: think so too, because I think that the trolls have such obvious counters. Yes. Um, but I don't feel like the orcs have the same obvious counters. No, definitely not. Like obviously using attack dice is not gonna be as helpful against them, but that's also not easy. Like you can't no. just like forego attack dice and still kill things. Like that's most gearlocks are gonna struggle with that. Yeah. Um so yeah, I I definitely think that B tier is just fine for the orcs. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling good about that one. All right. Glad we agree. <laughs> I think so, too. Do you mind if I do this next one? Yes. Okay. Let's go on to the bog type, because I love the bog type, and by love I mean despise. you love to hate him. All right, I think that's a good mix here. Okay, so first off, we've got the clay golem. He's a bog type, and the clay golem has five health, one attack, two on the initiative meter... He's melee, and he attacks the strongest. But the big thing with the clay golem, and I'm sure that a lot of you listening to this podcast are very familiar with the clay golem, he has the skill Break. Caleb?
1: Uh, So Break, uh, it states that any attack die used to reduce this unit's HP must
0: be exhausted. Brutal. Yeah. Not a fun one. Uh, You're really going to have to keep an eye on this guy. If you can get his health down with other means, please, please, please do it. Because that break can add up really quickly, more quickly than you think. Every time, I,
1: I will say for me personally, I, I never really found break as much of an issue because the kind of characters I play have a lot of other means of damaging rather than just attack or only have other means of attacking. For like sure, Polaris, you really don't use her melee attack that often. Yeah, um, it is annoying, and I will say it is annoying situationally again. Um, but I don't think it's as bad in in most situations. Um, like like I mean, for example, like frenzy could get like really bad for you, really right bad, really quick. It can scale quickly, but I can't really see breaks scaling to to the point where it's like this is gonna be like the worst threat on the map, you know?
0: Yeah. well let's uh, let's move on to the next one then and yeah. see if we can find some more nasty stuff for our bog types. This is one we've already mentioned the bog alert. lurk. He's a five-point baddie with six health, four on the initiative. He targets three gearlocks at range, and he places poison two on all of them. No attack dice roll. That's very notable. No attack dice, but boy, that poison two feels like it's attack dice. It doesn't matter. That poison is going to hit you really hard every time. You need to have something to cleanse. You need to be immune to poison, or you have to kill this bog lurk fast every time. Those are your options, really.
1: Or play patches.
0: Or play patches and just (laughs) out-heal it, yeah. Um, Poison is probably one of our least favorite things to go up
1: against. Oh, it's brutal. There is a lot of cleanse, but I feel like it's... A lot of the cleanse that Gealox have, you don't really go for it very often. Or like it's in a tree where it's like, okay, well, I'm getting this last. But then you get a bunch of poison early on, and it's really annoying.
0: I actually disagree. I feel like cleanse as an effect is not common. Because I feel like the only cleanse that I can think of right off the bat... At least as far as, like, cleansing others.
1: Okay, well, cleansing others is different.
0: Or even cleansing yourself. Like, I can think of Stanza. Right. And I know that you have two other gearlocks who have ways, at least, to get poison immunity. You've got Gasket, who has it in-baked. Right. And you've got Gale, who can get her microneural implant. But I don't, th- like, I can't think, I think of Patches, any others.
1: I'm pretty sure Patches has something
0: I don't, you can... I was thinking that he didn't. I thought that he just outscaled it. That might be what. It with was. his health, because he has the health region, and you know, with that and buff HP, I was thinking that you. Just... Wish we could just have like printed sheets on our wall, so oh, we can honestly. always reference them, or printed sheets in my brain or something. Uh, we need a we need a search functionality. Yeah, we, we need really a too many bones database. We,
1: we'll have to have editing Nick check it. Out. Yeah, editing Nick will
0: check it out for sure. Which just means I'll do it. Editing Nick here, sorry Caleb, I did check patches and we do not have any cleanse effects that I'm seeing on this sheet, however, Static and Polaris both also do have cleanse effects. Back to the show. In the morning. <laughs> but let's move on to uh, to another one here. Next up we've got the Bog Worm, kind of the natural evolution of the Bog Lurk, with 9 health, 6 on the initiative meter, so you can tell this is a 20 pointer. Uh, it has poison 2 as well, still targets 3 people, also has corrosive. Do you want to read that out for us? So,
1: corrosive, at the end of this unit's turn, all remaining defensive dice in target's active slots must be exhausted immediately.
0: Youch! And then finally, it does have one singular attack dice as well. So, don't worry, it's still going to flip your uh, health away the old fashioned way. Um, this thing is terrible. If you run up against this thing, you need to burst it down as fast as physically possible. And good luck, because it's definitely going to get in at least one shot before you do so with that 6 on the initiative meter.
1: Yeah, and we're, we're kind of seeing a little bit of a trend here. So it, it's got the poison, it's got the annoying kind of stuff like that. But it also has things where it's going to get rid of your dice that you yes. need.
0: Yeah, that corrosive is going to remove your defense. If you're playing picket, ouch. If you're playing gasket, ouch. Um, you need to be really, really careful if you rely on defense. Um, Even somebody like uh, Static. I mean, I know that Static kind of likes to have his defense taken away, but not all at once, please. Um, So be really, really careful going up against
1: that. And with the break, Static would not have a good time.
0: No, no, that would be be really rough. Um, Okay. We've got one more on here. We've got the cave manticore, and I picked this one out because I think this is the like one of the toughest twenty pointers in the game. So the cave manticore is a eight health, six initiative, uh, bog type baddie. He's got two attack innately. He also has the skills pollute, pollute two, stench two, and undead. Let's read uh, Undead first, I think. Yep.
1: So Undead, the first time this unit is defeated, place it back on top of the batty queue. When it re-enters play, it starts with only 2 HP, and its attack stat is doubled.
0: Oof. That is big time ouch.
1: Yeah, and we've we've not
0: run into too many Undead, but when we have, it is a major problem. It is a huge problem. It forces you to rethink everything. Uh, undead fortunately is one of those skills that i feel like is kind of spread across everybody nobody really focuses on Mm. undead but you've got a couple of undead sort of just sort of like kind of scattered in there we sprinkled in yeah we've you've famously got the bone dragon with the scalies um you've got you know the the krelp that has the undead and i think there's maybe one or two others but it's not a super common skill thank goodness yeah uh how about pollute 2 uh, pollute.
1: Place a number poison effect die on all gear locks, not on a lava po- a position. See poison um, for details. Pollute when you place the poison effect die on all the gear locks, um, not on a lava position. It's, I mean, it's it it is only not on a lava position. Okay,
0: well, I guess. Do you see this a lot? Yes. Outside right. of the lava map. Well remember that's that one thing I, I... That, that pollute triggers on everything that isn't on a lava position. Right, but if
1: you're not playing the lava mat and there's triggers nothing everywhere. There. Oof.
0: Yeah. So this is yeah. essentially this is essentially a poison everyone with a caveat, right? You can stand in lava to get away from if there this. even is lava. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um and then we've also got stench two, which is
1: Stench two, let me get that Ouch. one. Oh, this is a long one. Okay stench when defeated place stench number effect die on this position treat as untargetable obstacle when stench is placed all units adjacent to this die are immediately dealt number of true damage additionally Gearlocks moving adjacent to stench are dealt one true damage at the start of the round reduce effect die by one i will say this is something where when it comes up we immediately are like okay we need to take this guy out yep Drop the stench away from us, so we don't have to take all this true damage, and
0: hopefully hit, and and hopefully hit, the hit the other bad guys. guy yeah. with it. Yes.
1: So it, it can be in your favor if you have the damage.
0: But remember, this guy's also undead. Exactly. So you you kill him, you get your stench, and you figure it out. You've got it off to the corner, and no big deal. Back. And then he comes back, uh, and he's gonna stench again. Yeah. Also, just because I didn't mention it before, he does have agility. He targets the two strongest gear locks. And he also summons in a one-point baddie all the time. Ouch. This guy is the worst. The Cave Manticore is brutal. I don't know about you, but I feel like all in all, the break... Or not the break, the bog type is a solid powerhouse. I think that they hurt all the time. I think it is common for you to have to rework your strategy around them. And the fact that even their one-pointers have strong skills like break... I think that it just necessitates them in a very least A tier and I would maybe even say S tier. I was thinking solid A. Okay. I could see the argument for S, but I wouldn't agree with that. Okay. Well, let's put them in A tier for now then. Okay. I'm perfectly happy with that. You were already acquiesced on my troll pick. So.
1: Okay.
0: Um, do you want to do the next one? Me to do the next one? I don't know where we're at. I can do the next
1: here. one. Go for Since it. Since you did that one. Alright. Who are we doing Next. Who are you thinking?
0: Uh, Maybe goblins? Oh, Goblins look good.
1: Let's see what we got here. We got a 1. 1. 1.5 and 20. Perfect. So starting with one of the 1 points, it is the Goblin Devastator. First of all, I just want to say, the goblins always look fun. They do look fun. I love their design. They have great design. This one is from the, uh, uh, what is it, this 40 waves? This is from Undertow, actually. Undertow, okay. Yeah. Uh, so this one is a 1 point with 3 health and 4 in the meter. It has one attack, one defense. It has Detonate 2 and Careless uh, 1 with an X, which just means, you know, when it they roll the unbound. bones. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so let's go ahead and read out Detonate first, because I think that that'll lead us into the conversation of why he has Careless. So Detonate number. At the end of movement phase, if this unit has is at less than full HP, it will defeat itself and deal number of true damage to each adjacent unit. That does include friends... So remember that these guys are little bombs that can blow up their buddies. However, that's why he has careless. So careless says this unit takes number of true damage. He's got careless one that triggers on a bones. So if he rolls bones, he hits himself yeah. and then he's gonna blow himself up. He's a suicide bomber. He's a suicide bomber. Um, not a fun, not a fun one, especially because that detonate two. Um, that can really, that can really hurt. Uh, it's yeah. true damage. It's gonna go through your shields. I don't know, what do you think about this one?
1: Uh, okay, I was thinking he is a good distraction. I think he takes away the attention from better opponents mm-hmm. where you might want to start pecking down someone with like 8 or 9 HP who's going to hit you pretty hard or who's going to build up. You kind of feel like you have to target this guy first before he runs at you and blows you up because mm-hmm. it is going to hurt quite a bit.
0: Um, this is one of those that I feel like your best bet is kind of to either... I mean, like, if you have a health tank around, you can just tank it. Yeah. If you have a way to displace him and push him just towards his friends and away from you, if you can get him at least two spots away from you, then great. Yeah. You know, that's not a problem. He's if just you can gonna blow trap him
1: outside of where he can attack you, yep. that would be amazing.
0: That would be great. Um, But otherwise, he's just going to hurt.
1: Yeah. Pretty solid. Um, especially for a one point. Yeah, I mean that's that's a lot of health. That's good on the enemy meter. Next up is another one point. It is the Goblin Bomber. Um, So this one I think is from base. That's the base game. That's base game. Uh, Three health, five on the enemy meter. One rolled attack. He has mischief one and careless. And mischief is something that is prevalent in a lot of other goblins as well. Yes.
0: Um, Mischief is kind of I feel like one of those sort of core. Um, skills and mischief reads mischief number uh, remove number of dice player's choice from the Gearlock's active slots other units will remove a number of defense dice from their chip so basically what this is saying is it's going to take away your defense dice most likely you want, you're going to use this on defense dice but if you don't have any defense dice and you've got other skills locked into your active slots this is going to take those away and that can be hugely problematic.
1: Especially for someone like Stanza.
0: Stanza. Who needs those to stay who interactive. Needs those songs. Uh, Polaris has a hard time mm. with this. You've got a lot of things that are going into active slots that you kind of need to juggle, and you need to be careful with those. Um, who else really doesn't like these? I mean, of course, we mentioned Picket and Gasket because they are shield tanks. I was
1: thinking... Um, oh, what's his name?
0: Figment. Figgy would also have not a super great time with this. You're going to take away his... Well, it won't take away his time triggers, at least. Doesn't he? He stacks the attack, though, right? Is that in
1: the active slot he stacks No, here? he
0: stacks those into his bones. Okay. So he might be able to get. That wouldn't be as bad then.
1: Um, I was I was misremembering where he st- stacked those and
0: his and his like round counter trigger ones, like the chrono trigger yeah. and the the chrono stuff. Uh, those are all in lock slots, fortunately. So if oh, you have okay. lock slot stuff, it will avoid this. But mischief 2, Like this guy can be taking two things out of your active slots, and that's not fun. Yeah. Uh, he's also got Signal One. Let's talk about Signal. Oh no, is... that's the next one. Oh excuse me. He's got uh, Careless. He's got uh, careless, which, is, which, which we already talked are. about
1: that. Um, moving on to the next one. It is a five point goblin sapper with five health, four on the enemy meter. He has three attack rolled dice. Uh, and then he has Mischief 2 and Signal 1.
0: Yep. Um, so let's see. So Signal is the one that I was so excited to talk about. Signal number. At the start of this unit's turn, add a single lesser batty to the bottom of BQ. A 20-point batty will signal a 5-point. A 5-point batty signals a 1-point, and a 1-point signals another 1-point. This skill triggers once per turn for a number of rounds. So we got this wrong the first handful of times that we played against uh, Goblins. Yeah. Um, it's just remember that it's always going to trigger in that lesser baddie, not the number that it's signaling, if yeah. that makes sense. Like, he's not going to signal in three one-pointers on one turn, which is how we were playing it before.
1: We're making it so much harder. So much harder on ourselves. Which, I mean, it's still not fun to deal with, but it. I, I will say when you play it as we were playing it, and then you switch to the easier version it makes
0: it seem not as daunting i agree this is definitely not as daunting but it's still something that you're going to want to target down pretty soon i think yeah and this guy this is the the goblin who is this the goblin oh yeah it's the goblin sapper he's still melee um i feel like melee signals are not a big deal but range Mm -hmm. signals i feel like are a huge yeah
1: and i feel like the ranged always have like signal two or three
0: yes and there are some ranged signal two or three in the goblin stack. Um, I feel like signal is a pretty key ability for them, and just really makes things harder. Like you're just you're just summoning in more stuff that you have to deal with before you're done. Yeah, and I I
1: think with goblins too, they're a mixed bag. They are. So like you could get something that's really obnoxious, or you can, or you, or you can get, you could something, get something, that's something that sucks. You know? Yeah.
0: Um, Well, we've got one more on here, and this one is actually one of the twins. I feel like we should actually get the other twin, because they kind of relate to each other. Are they both goblins? Yes. Okay. So you you go ahead and read off that first one, I think. Okay, so we have Goblin
1: Guru Gwins. Uh, That's funny. Uh, He has six health, six on the inimeter. He has two-rolled attack, one-rolled defense. He has trickery, mischief two, and equipment.
0: So let's read through these real fast, and we're going to start with trickery because trickery is a unique skill. He is the these two baddies are the only two in the game to have trickery. Trickery: when this unit enters the battle mat, immediately add the other baddie, uh, whichever goblin guru twenty point from the active stats only onto the top of the BQ. So if you've already killed one of them, it's fine, but Basically, this means that it brings them both onto the mat. Then it says when two goblin gurus are on the battle mat, damage dealt to one is only applied to the other. So, really frustrating. What else did we have on there? We had... Uh, mischief 2 and Equipment. Talked about that one. And Equipment. Equipment says when this unit enters the battle mat, roll a d6. Piece of armor for a 1 to 2. Increase the HP stat by 2. Sharpening stone is 3 to 4. Increase attack stat by 1. An eyeglass, 5 to 6, increase the any die by 2. So not a big deal if it's the eyeglass, but anything else is going to hurt. Yeah. Not super fun. Basically, equipment is just a, it's a flat chance of just making them stronger in one way or another. Yeah. Um, and that one is melee, I believe. Goblin Guru Gwyns uh, is melee. No,
1: that was the ranged one. Okay, so he's
0: ranged. How many does he target? Uh, he targets all. So he targets he targets two the is two, two weakest. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, and he's got two attack and one well, defense. For us, it's all <laughs> Yeah, that's true.
1: Um, and then the next one is Goblin Guru Toblin. That's funny. Dude, their sound. names are always so funny. Um, he has eight health, five on the inimiter. He has three rolled attack, two road defense. He
0: has trickery, careless one,
1: and detonate
0: five. Oh, yeah. So they summon in their brother, and then the brother comes in and explodes you. <laughs> So, these two 20-pointers are so wild, um, because the fact that you can be fighting one twenty point and it suddenly becomes two twenty 20-points is bonkers. Yeah. And I think that that's just such a nice way to demonstrate how the goblins are. They're not necessarily the toughest clan. No, they're fun. They're super fun, <laughs> and they're going to overwhelm you with weird stuff.
1: Yeah. I, I think the main thing with the goblins for me is just, they have such a mixed bag. Which I think they have a mixed bag in a fun way. I think so. Like too. they have mischief and trickery and all these things where it's like, oh, that's not something that you know you would expect in a game like this. Normally, it's like, okay, shields, attack. but do we do we want to rank them? What do you think?
0: I think we can pretty safely put them in C tier. Um, that's that's where I'm gonna argue. I feel like I love the goblins. I think that the goblins are one of my favorite clans. I think that they're fun. I think they're creative. I think they're interesting. But I don't necessarily think that that makes them strong. No. They're never a target first. Well, and I feel... unless they have signal. Yeah. But, but even, even then, with signal, you're it's just like... trying to get something worse. You're trying to prevent yeah. something worse from coming.
1: Signal can be bad. Normally, I mean, when we were playing it wrong, it was pretty annoying. It was. Now it's just kind of like, okay, well...
0: It's not the biggest deal in the whole wide world. Um, so be careful with Signal. But, I mean, if you've got a five-pointer with Signal and he's just going to bring in another one-pointer or two, yeah. it's not the biggest deal in the world. If you've got a 20-point with Signal and he's going to bring in some random fivers, yeah, you should take that guy out. Yeah. But but how often does that happen? I don't right? think, like, ever.
1: Yeah. So I, I think, think so. See, see some, like I, I even mentioned before, it's like the oaks are like the culmination of the two of them. I think on their own, they're they've got their their, their low caveat, but they're pretty weak in a lot of areas. I think
0: so too. All right, well let's uh, let's move on to the next one then. You all right if I do this one? Yeah. Okay. We are going to talk about the scales. So the scales is an interesting clan because they're kind of they've kind of got two different. Subclans, almost you've got kobolds and you've got dragons and both of them kind of have a theme to them so the kobolds their theme is usually going to be based on something like hardy compound equipment or assault and the dragons are going to be more based on like engulfs and weakens and that kind of thing so i've got kind of a mixed bag for us we're going to start with the Kobold Collector. He's a one-pointer from Undertow. He's got three health, three initiative, one rolled attack, one rolled defense, and equipment, which we just talked about. You roll that dice and basically just give him a stat boost, depending on what you roll. He's melee, and he hits two. Nothing super crazy, no. right? This is this is pretty bog standard. Um, <laughs> or scale standard, scale I should standard. say. <laughs> um, but I did want to also throw in the Kobold Tracker here. He's from the base game. He's got two health, six on the initiative meter. Hardy, Compound, and X rolled attack. He's annoying. Super annoying. You want to read Hardy and Compound for us? Yes. There it is.
1: Hardy, any turn this unit loses HP, including from true damage, total HP lost is reduced to one.
0: Yep. Hardy is a classic. Fortunately, this Kobold Tracker only has two HP, but this means that he is going to need to be hit at least two rounds Uh, or if you've got like a bleed or something that can take him down
1: which i mean if you have a single target character who does massive damage this is like devastating yeah
0: because you can't take him out you can't just focus fire him down and the fact that he's ranged and also has compound do you want to read that yes compound this unit's attack stat is
1: equal to the current round number
0: crazy absolutely crazy that means you can have a one pointer who's ranged on six initiative who can feasibly end up with six attack like that is a thing that happens you should not let that happen but that thing can happen and i've seen a lot of people online talk about the combination of hardy and compound Yep. that's kind of a kobold special and yes we're seeing it on a one pointer here but there are bigger and beefier kobolds out there that have they've got defense as well. They've also got this hardy compound mix, and it gets really nasty.
1: And I think this is also bringing it back to talking about how when you pair these with certain other cl- uh, clans, they can get like astronomically better. So yes. compound does really well with the trolls because the trolls yep. will reach taunt, and then the compound gets a build up over time. Yes, it does. And you more than likely can't do much about it. Until you kill that troll. Yep. So if you're already struggling and this combo comes out, you might be finished. Like that might be game over for you.
0: It very well can be. And I think that Hardy Compound I think it's the quickest game ender that you can really run across. Like, you're you're not going to like most of the time you're not gonna die to a handful of one pointers, but if you've got some hardy compound, that that can definitely end your game, especially if you're not really careful in how you engage it. Yeah. Um, I think that does bring us on to the dragons here. We've talked about the kobolds, but the dragons, which are still part of the Scales clan, uh, we've got the Dragon Igniter. He's from 40 days in Daylor. He's got 6 health. He's got 5 on the initiative meter, 2 rolled attack, 1 rolled defense, and he's got the skills weaken 1 and Engulf. Do you want to read those for us? So, Engulf, all damage
1: rolled by this unit also hits all adjacent units to target, including self, As well as triggers reaction skills if applicable.
0: Yep. And Weaken One
1: is the other one. It's on the bottom. Uh, Place a Weaken, uh, sorry, place a number Weaken effect die on target. Gearlock's dex is reduced by number next turn. Uh, And then in parentheses, parentheses, other units reduce attack stat by number.
0: Yeah. Weaken One can really, really hurt. And remember that this Engulf is going to trigger Weaken on everything it hits. Yeah. Um, that sucks. This guy sucks. You yeah. can somewhat counter some of these dragons with Engulf by standing next to them. Their fire breath is going to hit them. And if you can also be standing next to their friends, that at least is going to do some damage to them too.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm going to say this. It's um, not a solution though.
1: You can find me, IRL, if you want. Um, I think weaken. no one enjoys weaken, right? No. Nobody is going to do well against Weekend. No, there are Gearlocks who don't need decks as much. There are no Gearlocks who can survive with no decks. If you start with two decks and you don't need decks very often, and they take all your decks away from you, you're boned. <laughs> yeah, you really are.
0: Uh, too many boned. Um, the only argument I would make on that one is that Static can deal with no def- or no dexterity because he can build some with his uh with his special.
1: That is true, but it's still going to be obnoxious. He's super obnoxious if you now have zero and then you have to use that yeah. in order to actually have decks.
0: It would be a big it would be it, it's still a very bad thing to happen.
1: Yes. I, I personally think weaken is arguably one of the worst uh abilities in the game that you can yep. go against. I'd agree with that. I always I mean this is the one that other than What's the one that reduces the one again? That's, um... Oh, Hardy. Hardy, yeah. I think other than Hardy, this is like my second least favorite to deal with.
0: It's brutal. And speaking of Hardy, that brings us on to our final baddie here. This one is infamous. We've got the Bone Dragon. Uh, We've got 8 health, 4 on the initiative meter. 3 rolled attack, but hold on to that thought. He is ranged. He targets the two weakest baddies. He's got Hardy and Undead. So... That means that with Hardy, you need to find a way to plip away eight health from this thing. You better have poisons or bleeds, because otherwise it is going to take like eight turns to get rid of this thing. When you finally do, it's undead. It's going to come back to life with two health. Yes, it is. Two health (laughs) and Hardy and Hardy and double the attack. So that means it's going to be rolling six attack dice against two gear locks in its undead form. Flippin' crazy uh i've seen people online talk about like genuinely how are you supposed to defeat this thing yeah i know that we have i know that we have killed the bone dragon before i don't know that i can say when
1: i don't remember but that. i'm
0: pretty sure that we've killed the bone dragon before i know at least i have maybe okay. it was a solo it might have been a solo one but the bone dragon is really difficult well what is that 10 turns to kill him it's basically 10 turns. it is well it's 10 turns to kill him unless you can bleed or poison well why would that be any different with hardy though because it says any turn it uses loses hp total hp is reduced to one it's because it's because of the wording of turn because the bone dragon's turn is when it loses hp from bleed or poison okay so that means if i deal one damage to it and also apply a bleed that one damage triggers, and then on its turn, it also loses one health. Make sense? Okay. You're just adding one more turn that it can lose HP. It's not a huge game changer, but it does help. Is that legal? No. <laughs> it is. It, it is <laughs> I'm legal. Just, I've, I've, I'm joking. <laughs> I, I've, checked, I've checked on the rule books there, and I've checked the FAQ. Okay. And the ruling is that is how it works, I believe. Somebody please correct me if I'm wrong. But... That's like the only trick I have against Hardy. Yeah. Other than that, because otherwise
1: that's ten turns. And you gotta hope oof. for an
0: execute. You've gotta hope for a way to suspend skills or something, because otherwise you're you toast.
1: I mean, executing a twenty point two—that's that's a that's tall
0: order. Freaking crazy. Yeah. yeah, the only ones who can do that that's are tantrum? you've got Tantrum, and I'm pretty sure, oh, what's his name can do it. Um, uh, he's one of the lab rats. Oh, his I name is escaping the lab me. Rats. Uh, it's the blue lab rat. What's his name? Slank. Slank can also execute, but both of those that requires a pretty significant build up. Yeah, I think that the scales are s tier. I'm saying it.
1: Oof. Okay.
0: I think they're s tier. <sighs> Feel free to argue. That's oh, that's hard with okay. with the fact that you've got dragons in there with weaken and engulf. You've got the bone dragon in that mix. You've got. All of these hardy compounds, I just think there's nothing that's as tough.
1: Hardy compound is really annoying. I will say on its own, typically not the hardest, as long as you can target them first. If you can't, then it's extremely difficult. Yep. Yeah, the dragons are pretty annoying. I'm trying to think if there's any reason not to put it in S. Because I was thinking top of A, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know what? Yeah, maybe like bottom of S for now. I'm fine with that. Because i mean we can talk about it next if you want
0: <laughs> i think well we've got we got one more <laughs> okay we gotta do of our base six
1: we are going to move on to the beasts yeah we are Alrighty, so we've got one point five point five point and twenty point starting with the one point we have chimp halfwit <laughs> he looks funny uh, he's got, like, a double mohawk thing going on. Yes, I just want to does. point that out. I like pointing out the fun things that they put in the artwork. He's also from the Undertow set. Yes, which I think the Undertow has a lot of really good art. I love I think that's when they the started, Undertow.
0: like, really upping their game on the art. I think I think that the base game art was still fine. No, it's good. It's
1: really good. But, but I, I think they really, like, stepped it up. Because it, it didn't need to be any better. It was still really good.
0: It was. And I think Unbreakable takes it to an entirely new oh, level. Oh, yeah. But.
1: Um, but he has three health. He's a three on the enemy meter. He has one roll defense. He has a blind strike one
0: and, as I drop the chip, and one mind. Uh, do you want to read his attack? He attacks his strongest and he's melee. Yes. But let's read one mind and blind strike. Let's do blind strike first. Mm-hmm. Blind strike number. At start of turn, this unit deals number damage to the strongest adjacent unit. This doesn't necessarily mean enemy, so he can hit his friends. Yeah. But it does mean that he deals that damage at start of turn, too. So you can kind of use this to sort of, like, almost kite the monkey a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like the careless, where it's, like, it's more beneficial to you yeah. in the long run. Uh,
0: and then one mind. One mind. This is kind of the big one for the beasts, I feel. Yeah. On this unit's turn, all other beast-type baddies roll one attack die against their targets. So basically... It means that when this monkey goes and takes his turn, if there's other beasts on the mat that are adjacent to people, they are also going to swing. Yeah. Um, because they're swinging, it also does trigger some of their skills. As long as it's a skill that triggers when you're losing health, right? So, if you've got like a multi-type that has poison or something, you can get poisoned from this in the middle of their turn. Like there, there are things that trigger. Uh, so just remember that.
1: All right, and then moving to the 5-point, uh, we have Ape Impostor. Uh, he has 5 HP, 3 on the enemy meter. He has 2 rolled Attack, 1 rolled Defense. He has 1 Mind, and then he also has Untargetable X, which is a Bones, sorry. I, I keep reading X, I know it's
0: Bones, but it just looks like an X. It's all good. So that means Untargetable. Place the Untargetable effect die on this unit until the start of its next turn. It cannot be targeted by opposing units. But can still be damaged by non-targeting skills and other effects. Which they're, this is a difficult combo. Yes. Well, untargetable in general is very common for the beasts. I feel like they're kind of, maybe maybe they're not miscellaneous. Maybe they're the stealth class. Mm. You've got these beasts because they kind of feel like that. They've got untargetable. They've got flight. They've got ways to avoid your targeting and your attention. But they're still dealing damage to no, you. They like stealth throughout. pack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that untargetable, it is only triggered by bones, so you can hope that they just roll full attack and defense, but also that hurts. Probably not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Especially uh, with three rolls. Never lucky enough for that. It's also a ranged baddie, and it does target two. Two yes. weakest.
1: Um, I mean, for a 5-point, that's a that's a hefty
0: order for it is. a 5-point baddie. That hurts. And especially since it's going to fire at everybody, maybe go untargetable, and then it has all of its buddies strike too. Yeah. Ouch. I will say, so One Mind's annoying. One Mind is,
1: is probably the best thing, I would argue, that the beasts have going for them. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the time you don't get a lot of beasts when you have someone with one mind. And I think that's the only thing that really is a a big drawback to their clan.
0: True. I I feel like the same kind of thing happens with orcs. If they don't have the the raiding trigger... or
1: uh, Not frenzy, raiding, yeah.
0: If they don't have the raiding trigger, they're not as tough. But when they do, boy, it can be a punch.
1: Yeah. Um, And then the next five-pointer is the Griffin Howler. He has five HP five on the enemy meter he has three rolled attack he has dive flight and signal one Uh, so i think dive and flight are two new ones that we haven't really talked about
0: yes let's talk about flight first at the end of this unit's turn place a flight effect die on it if the effect is already there remove it while in flight this unit cannot be targeted so this is another uh untargetable however dive kind of changes that if the flight effect die is active on this unit, at the start of its turn, immediately place this unit adjacent to the weakest available opposing unit and target it. So that means this thing swoops up, goes untargetable, and then dives your back line. Yep. I will say, first
1: start of the game, base game, nothing else. Flight and dive was the most annoying combination. Stop. I hated it. I didn't know what to do against well, it. Now that
0: there's more expansions, really not that difficult. No, I agree. Because um, this is a base game batty, um, flight in particular. Like in the base game, you only really had two ways to deal with that. You had non-targeting. Like your only two non-targeting damage effects were like tantrums, axes,
1: or and boomers and, ranged attack.
0: and boomers like collateral bombs, yeah. right? Because you can, she's a ranged damage dealer, isn't she? She is, but she can't target them. Oh yeah, that's with true. Range. Right. But if she has like a hand grenade, she can target the position that they are on. To deal damage mm. in that area, okay, but you can still friendly fire with that just fine, um, and she can also do things like the the big boom. Like Boomer can get around it, and Tantrum can kind of get around it. Yeah, but, but I mean, otherwise if in the got, base game, that's if had,
1: it. If you had Picket or patches, just if we're doing like the two of us and one of us had Picket or patches, that's only one character who can potentially deal with it. Right. So it, it, it's kind of it's kind of gone a little easier to deal with over time, I think. Um, but when it first came out man that was annoying oh it
0: was so bad
1: um bringing us to the 20 point baddie uh, we have the alpha howl he has seven health four on the enemy meter he has four rolled attack he has one rolled defense he has dodge one mind and stubborn
0: oh yeah let's talk about it so this guy is also from the um splice and dice expansion He does have that agility marker as well, so he's going to be moving diagonally if he wants to. And he also summons in another baddie when he takes his turn. So let's talk about dodge first. Dodge, this unit's HP cannot be reduced with attack dice. Yowza! Um, So this one, basically this is the opposite of callus, right? Yeah. If you have someone who is... And now that I'm realizing it, I think we were talking about callus as though it was dodge earlier. We might. (laughs) <laughs> these are very easy to mix up these two skills. We've done it a thousand times. Callus is the one that says you only lose HP from attack dice. So if you've got Gilly, if you've got Figment, if you've got big swingers. That's better for Callus. That's better. Dodge is the opposite. Cannot reduce it with attack dice. You need skills to deal the damage.
1: Right. I, either way, both of these are, it's like one side of a coin, you know? Yep. They're both annoying, respectively to what you're playing if if you're yes. playing someone who's more mealy or who's more and i feel dice. like
0: i feel like most of the characters have a mix of damage you have some from attack dice yeah. and some from not attack dice obviously there's exceptions but i feel like most of them have something of a mix yeah and so there's there's
1: normally them. always a workaround yes i would say
0: that but it is annoying because you lose a lot of potential yes you do uh, one mind we've already talked about. What was the last one? Stubborn? Stubborn, yes. When this unit is defeated, it immediately takes a turn before being removed from the battle mat. So one last time he's going to swing oh, And he calls it a baddie. And call it a baddie. That's rough. Yep, yep. Not a fun one. Uh, beasts are pretty good at... Um, I feel like they're just pretty good at dealing damage. I think that they just kind of hurt. Yeah. Um, they do have a lot of ways to escape your attacks uh you've also got things for the beast like lashback a lot of lashback
1: i don't think we grabbed one of lashback, but
0: no we didn't but lashback is definitely a thing too um like i said a lot of ways to just stop you from hitting them which sucks yeah i are replacing these guys
1: i will say i'd put them at b i'd be fine with that i don't think they're as annoying or as good as the bog i feel like they're not as weak as the trolls or the goblins i just feel like they fell off a lot from their respective um um, like when they came out their um sets that they came in
0: i'd i'd maybe agree with that i think that if you're playing with like exclusively undertow maybe they're a little bit tougher than that um but i i
1: would also say like uh, they fell off and i feel like it's really situational with the one mind because you need to have other beasts yeah We've gotten a lot of one-minds where it's like, oh, cool, there's Nothing only one beast, happens, yeah. so
0: that's useless. It it does. That definitely is a thing that does happen for one-mind. Yeah. Um. So I agree. I, I actually even think it's less helpful than yeah. raiding. Yeah. But I think that the other skills that the beasts have absolutely make up for it and more. The the untargetable is crazy. The flying just in general is just, it's annoying. I think so too. You know. I'm fine with B tier. I think we put them ahead of orcs. Really? Yeah. That's my controversial take. I don't know. You can tell me otherwise. I think Swordbreaker is tough. I think raiding is tough. But I think for the same reasons that we mentioned, raiding is situational. Swordbreaker has workarounds, uh, which really just leaves like frenzy and callous, which frenzy is just kind of going to trigger sometimes and sometimes it won't. But so does one mind so does blind strike
1: yeah I I would argue that the the later on beasts are better than the orcs as a whole okay I think the early on ones maybe are
0: not as good but... Maybe I retract that statement because I feel like there have been times where I've gone up against a bunch of orcs and I've been just overwhelmed but going up against a bunch of beasts I'm like I can handle this you know.
1: Yeah, I, I just feel like they really need other beasts to do well, or... I mean, a lot of them have, like, you know, Lash Pack or something that's annoying, but it's never, like, a game-ender, you know? For sure. And I feel like orcs orcs can have more potential to be game-ending. So, I, I mean, we could put them at B behind orcs. Let's do that. But I, I would definitely not put them in front of orcs.
0: I think that's fine. Um, okay, that brings us to our three weirdos. Uh, but while we... Have a second to take a quick little break. Yeah, I know that we're an hour and ten minutes into this, and we should probably hurry up. We're going to do Baddie of the,
1: of the Week. I think we do a Baddie of the Week still. <laughs> okay,
0: give us our Baddie of the Week. Oh yeah! So we
1: have a twenty-point Baddie, the Orc Underlord. Uh, so this guy has a really cool art. He's from Unbreakable, and Unbreakable has some stellar art. Really um, does. He's an orc, which again orcs i feel like have some some of the best artwork
0: in the game they do it's such cool art
1: he's just like winding up for a big baseball swing with some nasty looking scythe um he's got some cool headgear on he's got like a cool cloak he looks like a really menacing figure um he has eight hp he has five on the animator he has four rolled attack two rolled defense swordbreaker, breaker callus so that's that's kind of
0: crazy combo. That's
1: kind of what we're talking about for the orcs of like kind of what their like bread and butter is, you know, mm-hmm. is just making it so it's more difficult for you to either use your roll attack or use abilities or um, really any way of getting damage on them. He yep. also, he moves diagonally. He has agility. Yep. He calls an enemy in every turn and he attacks two of the weakest members on your team.
0: Yep. Fortunately, he's melee. You can dance around him, but boy, howdy, good luck. Yeah, uh, and that Swordbreaker Callus combo is crazy because Callus says he can only lose HP from the attack dice. Swordbreaker is going to take away those very attack dice. Yeah. Um, you need to deal with this guy fast. He's a 20 point Oh, yeah. you... oh my god. <laughs> he's a 20 point that you really cannot afford to let sit on the board.
1: Yeah, and um just because we picked him for the baddie of the
0: week, I think we have to move ours. <laughs> no. <laughs> really? I mean honestly, I was kind of thinking uh... the same thing. I was like because he's such a good baddie, like, and, and I, I, I don't know, maybe we should look again here, but, like, I feel like some of these orcs are brutal.
1: I I would I would say, as far as Unbreakable is concerned, I think the orcs were the biggest buff.
0: They really were.
1: Like, they came out swinging. Like, there's a lot of annoying, like, other types where it's like they've
0: got the, the lava
1: effects, which yeah. are annoying. But I feel like the orcs just came out.
0: Non lava anything and are just solid, they are, you know, and they, I think they're just such a good add to any game, you yeah. Know? Um, I think we leave the orcs where they are for now,
1: yeah. I think, I think, generally speaking, top of B tier is good
0: for them, yeah. All right, well, we've got our three weirdos then. Um, is it my turn?
1: Uh, depending on what you're doing, I want to do crumb, you want to do the crumb <laughs> so you can do whatever else, okay? <laughs> I'll do mix then,
0: okay. Okay, so mechs, of course, are all the same number of batty points. They are all three-pointers. And there are three places where you can get mechs and Kreln. You're getting it from Undertow, from Forty Waves, and finally from Splice and Dice. So let's uh, talk about this first one we've got here. We've got the Terminator. <laughs> it's a mosquito, for those of you wondering at home. It's a little robot mosquito. Uh, it's got two health... Three on the initiative meter. It's got one rolled attack and three innate defense. So this is a kind of a unique mechanic to the mechs. Um, Actually, they have a couple of unique mechanics. Number one, they're going to come in from the sides. They spawn from the side of the map, which can really hurt your plans for like how you're setting up the battle mat and how to avoid bad guys. They also get innate defense. Uh, which means they start with it on their chip. They don't have to wait until their turn to roll it and possibly get some. They just have it. Uh, he's also got Poison 2 and Intense 2. Targets the weakest at melee. What do we got for Poison 2 and Intense 2? Uh, I know we know Poison, but let's read yeah. it anyway. You want to read Poison?
1: Okay. okay, let me find Poison. Poison set. Oh. Yeah, that's Poison. Uh, Set or reset a poison effect die on target to number. Target takes true damage equal to the effect die number at the start of its turn. After applying damage or reduce effect die by one.
0: Yep. Pretty solid there. And then how about intense?
1: Intense. Target's backup plan loses a number of bones.
0: Ouch. Not great. Especially against someone like Figment or Polaris. If you're really collecting for those uh, bones watch for intense and that can really not feel good
1: even just like i think it sucks losing bones on anyone even if you have like a bad backup plan if you're trying to get your innate plus one it's like okay well
0: that just went out the window you know just because we have two of them that have intense i wanted to grab a variety different different well okay i guess we do have self-repair okay next one that we've got we've got the abomination prototype it's a three health three initiative One rolled attack, two innate defense. It has self-repair, two, and disruption bones. So self-repair, two, you want to read that first? Although I guess we do target one gear lock, and it's the strongest at melee.
1: Self-repair at the start of this unit's turn. Place a defensive dice, totaling number on it.
0: Yep. So that innate defense that he has, it regenerates for free every turn of his.
1: I would say this is its bread and butter for mech. Yep. The just the additional defense and just being just a real nuisance on the board kind of. I mean, it's got you've got a lot of variety with the mechs, but it all always seems like it has something where it's just gonna like bring your defense back or just have some. And I will say, when you get the events that are specific to mechs, it feels like it always just gives them insane defense, it does, or health, or attack, or, or some flanks, or
0: Yeah, it gets crazy. (laughs) It does get crazy. I'm sorry, what was the other one? Uh, The other one was Disruption on a Bones.
1: Disruption, advance round counter die to blood round at the end of turn.
0: So straight to fatigue round. Youch! that's not good. Um, Now, obviously, this can work to your benefit if you are playing certain characters. Uh, think, for example, somebody like Carcass, who's a health tank. Somebody like Patches, who can heal himself back up. Somebody like Figment, who can manipulate the round counter. There are ways around this, but if you're playing as, like, Gasket, uh, that's a bad round for you, buddy.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so be real careful of that disruption, but remember that that does only trigger on a Bones, and he's also not that healthy, so yeah. you can get around it.
1: I think, I think another thing with the mechs is you get a lot of skills you don't see on pretty much anyone else. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh wow, I've actually I've never played against anything with disruption. like This is yeah. the first I think I've ever heard of disruption.
0: Disruption doesn't come up very often. There's only like two or three mechs that have it, and I think they're the only ones. Yeah. Uh, next one we've got is the Spiderbot 4.0. This is a little nod to uh, Tink, who's got his Spiderbots 1, 2, and 3. The Spiderbot 4.0 has apparently gone rogue. It's three health, two on the initiative, one rolled attack, two innate defense. It has equipment, which we've already talked about, and bleed. Do you want to read bleed for us? Yeah. Well,
1: first of all, it's already better than Tink's fucking mess. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I just want to throw that out there. Um, Wish that one stuck around.
0: Honestly. And it is ranged, and it targets one of the strongest gear locks.
1: Uh, Bleed, place bleed effect, die on target. Affected unit takes one true damage at the start of its turn
0: pretty solid and self-explanatory uh take this thing out very quickly because yeah. ranged bleed is going to kill <laughs> if you if you can if you can <laughs> exactly and then finally we have got the mech hound three health three uh three initiative two rolled attack two innate defense it has swap and disruption on a bones it's uh striking at melee but only one of the weakest gear locks. do you want to read swap for us
1: swap at the end of this unit's turn it will switch positions with the closest strongest opposing unit
0: yep um that can be really annoying really quickly if you've strategically backed yourself into a corner to stay away from all of these guys surrounding you uh, congratulations! You are no longer backed into a corner, and you're yeah. now in the open for all of his friends to come punch you.
1: Or you're if you're trying to fill lava
0: holes, and it keeps switching stuff around. Oh my gosh! Like when you're playing really against freaking Cinder. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's it for our mechs Where are we placing them? Okay, I will say I think
1: preli- our preliminary um ranking we put them in S. Or I a. thought we put them in A. Did tier. we put them in A?
0: I think maybe top of A sounds good still. I'd actually put them... I'm fine with A, but I think they actually should go a little bit lower in A. You just think is, so? Oh, okay. Just, I mean, like, yes, that innate defense does help them, but they also are not very healthy. Like, they don't have a ton of health no. for the most well, part. I was thinking,
1: just because I every time we face them, there's always some event specific to mechs, it does and it always weird. has a... Re- ridiculous buff that it gives them. Like that one where it was like... It basically just gave them flamethrowers. Yeah. And it was like, oh, one. cool. We're they just gonna all had a And there was like four of them on the map.
0: I think... But I, I would make the argument that that's not inherent to the mechs. That's just... That's just the par for the course of playing through 40 waves or whatever it was. That's fair. I think we put them at the bottom of A. That's where I think they go. Because I think they're stronger in... On average... Than, like, the orcs. Than the, and the orcs. Beasts. Okay. But, I mean, again, remember, these guys only go up to three points. They're not going to be in that often. I think I think that for what they have and what they are, okay. I think they go in bottom of A.
1: I, I think that's good. I also want to point out, though, like, I think the, the three-point baddies specifically are in that kind of weird part where if you have any ability that's like, oh, target a one-point baddie, right? As soon as you get to the three point, which, like, you can get that in, like, what, the third or the fourth round.
0: You're thinking, like, stanza.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, cool, well, I can only deal with the one point at this point. And then it takes a while to get up to the five point, which is where you'd be able to deal with the three. So it's not really worth it to get to the five just to deal with the three, in my True. opinion. So it's kind of in that weird spot where it's, like, it kind of makes it harder for certain abilities I think that that kind of boosts it up a little bit more too,
0: but I'd I, agree with that. I think I think bottom of A for now is Kay. good. I I would agree. All right, Mr. Krell, all you buddy. Oh yeah, I know you're excited. my
1: favorite clan. <laughs> what do we got? See, here? this is your
0: this is your favorite clan when we did our preliminary one. I kind of got the feeling you didn't like them that much.
1: Well, they're annoying, but they look cool. Oh, they do look. I cool. I think I've mentioned my favorite mat is the raft mat. Yeah, that's and true. I feel like just inherently. You have to like the crown if you like the raft. man. You do. Did we grab
0: only stuff from uh, the new one, from 40 Waves? I think I grabbed all these, let's, so probably. Let's grab <laughs> Let's grab one from other two. Just uh, while step. he's
1: yeah. grabbing those, I'm going to start with the Crabby. <laughs> it's a crab. Uh, it's got five health. It's got a three on in the any. It has one rolled attack, one rolled defense, rage two, and pull
0: in. Uh, I think we've talked about rage. I actually yeah. don't think we have. Have let's, we not? Let's okay. read it real fast. Rage number. If this unit has less than full HP, it gains a number of additional attack dice. So no,
1: we've read that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then pull
0: in. Pull in. Pull in says, target party member is placed in Krell's starting position adjacent to this unit, if possible. That means that you then immediately have to spend two dexterity to crawl out of the water.
1: So this, I think, this is like the bread and butter, right? So this is really what you're. Other than them destroying the, the raft, of course. Yeah. This is what you're looking out for, because pulling is an obnoxious. It is really annoying. It is. So um,
0: remember for Krelln that they do start on a random position on the outside of the mat. They roll a dice to get to that position. Yes. If they ever cannot target a gear lock, they instead target the raft. Yep. And if you get three damage, a- or four damage accumulated on the raft, game over. You th- Or battle over, at least. Um,. I think that that's something that is inherently strong about yes. the crown.
1: Um, I mean, honestly, you, you only really you get the chrome on that mat. And I think because if you play that mat for, like, you know, if you want a, a little bit more of a challenge opposed to the, the base mat, this will definitely give you that challenge yeah. if you're playing on the, the raft side. I think the raft side has the most... Potential for the spatial puzzle, which is something you really like, yeah, as well as just having some really difficult combat. Um, you could probably tell we're going to put this higher on the list yeah, based I th- on what we're discussing. So.
0: Although I do want to push back on what you said. I think that the best spatial puzzle still comes from the lava map.
1: Yeah, I okay. I, I would from the lo- yeah. the bosses that came out with Unbreakable on the lava mat specifically. Okay, because like when when you have to fill the holes like with, cinder, with yeah. the cylinder. I think that was one of the, the hardest spatial puzzles. Yeah, yeah, and it was one really of the most brutal. exciting. But I still I still really love yeah the I, raft so much.
0: I agree with you. The raft is when super it came fun. out.
1: I was like, oh, this is so much better than this man I agree. I almost
0: <laughs> yeah, I almost wish we had one more. But it's okay.
1: Go on. Maybe one day. Maybe someday. <laughs> um, we have the Crown uh, Lur. It has four health, four on in the ini. It has two road attack and shock one what did you call this thing A uh, crown
0: lure oh a lure okay
1: i love how we both can't say that properly.
0: yeah that's l- a l- lure 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 boy this is great lure. audio quali- uh, content
1: <laughs> okay
0: um, so sorry for health uh, uh it's got a shock one uh, okay let's see
1: what shock does yeah let's read <laughs> shock
0: before i make another <laughs> stupid joke uh, shock oh god let me just drop that one more time shock number i'm gonna make a compilation of all the times you've dropped things god damn it uh shock number uh exhaust number of skill dice player's choice from their skills area excluding dice used as counters uh that sucks that really sucks player's choice is a bad but yeah. other than that hmm, I don't if like you're not in the late dice. game you are having a it's not good. Yeah, and I think
1: we mentioned these can come in a lot earlier than the five point can. Um, to I think what's what's the earliest they can come in? Do you know? Uh, these Would it ones be on like day three.
0: They can come in pretty early if you draw the wrong thing. You can end up with them on like day three. Yeah.
1: Okay. Which yeah, it's pretty early on in your your playthrough. So not a fun ability to deal with. Um, moving on to the rock bass. Um, I'm going to, we should put out a poll whether or not people think the rock bass is a bass made out of rocks or if it's like got a rock guitar. <laughs> ah, a rock bass. Maybe <laughs> rock bass. Um, only uh, you can guess uh, on the bottom of our podcast. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, so this has three health. It's got three on the innie. It has two roll attack and four world defense. I will say that's a lot of world defense. Like, yeah.
0: I, I don't see four roll defense is crazy very often especially Um, with break (laughs) with break so he's
1: got break and submerge which is a new one as well
0: yeah submerge is a new one let's talk about submerge so submerge says if this unit would move instead roll a d6 and place it in number crawled starting position so that means basically he's just going to randomly move around the raft and that means that he's probably going to bite the raft a lot which sucks and a lot of them have submerged too yep it's Um, I did also want to mention that with break, any attack dice used to reduce this unit's HP must be exhausted, but that does not trigger when you remove defense. So it's a pretty hardy little fish, but at least it's not breaking you every time you swing at its armor.
1: Right. Uh, Next we have the Krelp. Uh, This was one of our baddies of the
0: week. It was. That's Um, why I thought it was good to include it. Perfect. He
1: has four health, three on the innie, two attack rolled, and two defensive rolled. He has undead and pull in
0: such a good combo. So undead, uh, we have already read. But the first time this unit is defeated, place it back on top of the BQ. When it re-enters, it starts with two hit points, and its attack stat is doubled. So it suddenly becomes a four-two. Ouch. Yeah. And of course, pull in. We've also already read he's going to pull you into the water. This guy sucks. Not fun. Not fun. I will say,
1: I, I think the main, the main. Uh, really benefit to the clan of crown is displacement yep um they can pull you in make you spend decks to get out they can move around really effectively and then potentially just game over when they destroy the raft yep
0: i think um, that that's their biggest power yes yeah. that they really change the way that the spatial puzzle works yes um i also think that the fact that they move around and then cause wreckage chips to be placed on the map those wreckage chips then cost two dexterity moving through them. So it's also making things harder to move around and get to them and prevent them from doing more. You really better hope that you've got a ranged gear lock who can deal with them. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking
1: solidly S S tier. tier. Yep, I'm thinking above... Who do we have there? Above the scales? I think above the scales. Really? Because I I will say, you only play them against... Uh, sorry, against them on the raft mat. True, it is very difficult on the raft mat playing against them, and I feel like. But I feel like you have to play against them on the raft mat too. Like you're gonna do you do? get a couple of them. You're not just gonna get one
0: scales and a bunch of other stuff where right. the scales might not be as good. I just think I so just consi- think that yeah, on a consistency basis though, I think that consistently you're gonna end up with hardies. You're going to end up with compounds. You're going to end up with weakens and engulfs from the scalies. Just, that's just going to happen. Yeah. On their own, that is still pretty difficult. That to just deal hurts. With. I think one or two crown, as long as you've got a ranged gear lock. Yeah. If you've got a ranged gear lock, you can just That these. is true. That is true. I think that they belong below S tier, but I'm perfectly, or sorry, at the bottom of S tier. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I am perfectly fine with them being in S tier. You're make me cry. <laughs> no, um, yeah.
1: I think, no, yeah. Bottom of S tier sounds good. Okay. That makes sense.
0: And I think we have our last one best here. For last. Best for last. Save the best for last. You guys ready for the break-type baddies? This is my favorite edition from Unbreakable. Honestly, I love these baddies. I think yeah. they are so clever. I think that they are so well done and flippin' difficult. Yeah. I love them. So we're going to start with... Uh, we've got a couple here. We've got a one-point, a couple of fivers... Or No, excuse me. We've got two one-points, a fiver, and a 20 and we're going to start with our first one point. He's from the Unbreakable base game, the Lava Bat. He's got three health. He's got four on the initiative meter. He has one rolled attack dice, attacking at range, and he's targeting one of the weakest gear locks. He's got Flame Soak 1. Tell us about Flame Soak. Flame Soak,
1: remove number of HP from the closest gearlock on a lava position and place the HP under this unit. If no gear locks are on lava, remove the HP from the closest baddie on lava if possible.
0: Yep. Basically, he is going to steal away health, and that sucks. Yeah. You have to be really careful about being on lava. This is something that is going to be common to these break-type baddies. Pretty much all of their stuff interacts with lava.
1: And I think I remember there was one game we had... I don't know if it was this specific creature, but someone with Flame Soak where we could not kill them because oh they, just they just kept siphoning HP. And I think so it was Flame Soak 2. So <laughs> 2 HP every turn from you if you're in lava or from another baddie, which it does help you with the other baddies, but when you can't kill the one that's taking the HP in the first place, brutal,
0: very difficult. Uh, the next one that we've got is the Blind Bat. A couple of bats in here. Uh, the Blind Bat is also a one-pointer. It's got 3 health, 4 initiative, and... Uh, it's got a one single rolled attack dice. It is melee and targets the strongest, but it has Molten Bath 2 and Smokescreen. You want to read those?
1: Alrighty. Looking for Molten Bath.
0: This unit heals
1: for a number of HP at the start of its turn if its position is lava and heals for a number of HP each time it moves onto a lava position.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's brutal. It's just it's just taking a bath in the lava, and that's fine. Uh, Smokescreen though is probably worse.
1: Smokescreen while occupying a lava position, this unit cannot be targeted.
0: Ouchie.
1: Yeah. Um, to be fair though, it can still be damaged by non-targeting skills and other effects. So if you have something where it's just uh, like stanzas damage all, and it's a true damage, you know you're still gonna
0: be able to hit them. But I mean. Nigh invulnerability is pretty obnoxious. Yeah, and you've got that untargetability, and it's going to be healing itself. That kind of sucks for something that's only chilling at uh, at a couple of HP here. Yeah, um, I'm going to look back through and find some different ones because I just want more. I think we did that one as one of, of the of schools. Schools. yeah, it was guy. Okay, next one we've got here is from the Forty Caves in Daylore set. This is the troglodyte ooze monger. Um, We've got 6 HP, 4 on the initiative, 2 rolled attack, 1 rolled defense, and it targets the two weakest gear locks at melee. It's got two skills, Lava Flow being the first. Do you want to read Lava Flow?
1: Lava Flow. Any rock position this unit occupies immediately becomes lava.
0: Awesome. Very awesome. So as he's walking towards you to get into melee range, he turns everything into lava. The other skill he's got is Eruption.
1: Eruption. At the end of this unit's turn, the position of its target slash targets becomes lava.
0: Awesome! Even more lava. So a lot of them are going to be spreading around lava, and remember that lava forces you to take a true damage at the end of your turn if you are standing on lava. Um, I just want to point out, all these troglodyte-looking
1: creatures, really, I mean, they look so cool. They 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 kind of look like um alien aliens they do um they what look are
0: they, what, uh, are they? what are they i i know what you're talking about from aliens yeah um they're called the uh if we can't think of this we're gonna be like it's i know we're gonna get <laughs> tard and feathered nerd canceled um boy xenomorphs, xenomorphs. they're the dang yeah. xenomorphs
1: they look like xenomorphs if xenomorphs live in caves yes
0: they're super gross looking yeah. i love nasty fuckers uh speaking of nasty Uh, we've got our 20 point baddie here we've got the failed tyrant he's got 8 health 5 on the initiative 4 rolled attack, 2 rolled defense he's agile, he summons a baddie, he's melee and he targets the 2 weakest he's got lava flow molten bath 3, which we've talked about both of those, he's going to be creating a lot of lava, and then he's got brimstone you want to read brimstone? brimstone
1: Brimstone, any time an opposing unit moves to a position adjacent to this unit, this unit immediately gains a defense to die, and if possible moves one position in the opposite
0: direction of the opposing unit's current position. Keep in mind that when he moves, he then turns it into lava and heals from the molten bath. Stupid. Stupid, stupid, yeah. stupid. I mean, I this guy's guy. an
1: intimidating-looking character, too. He is. He, he looks, looks like,
0: like a brick wall.
1: He looks like freaking Boss Nass, but, like, <laughs> he evil. He does. It looks like if you... Okay, you get, like, a sheet, and you cover a brick wall... And you put Boss Noss' head on top of it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's that's a scary thought right there. Yeah. Uh, well, I think
0: I could speak for both of us when I say that we know where this clan uh, goes. Yeah, this clan is goes. top of the S tier. Absolutely. No doubt this is the hardest
1: clan to go
0: against. And lovingly so. Yes. I say that with the utmost yes. respect. I love the Break clan. I think they're so clever. I love the Lava Mat. I love... Yeah needing to work through that spatial puzzle, making sure you don't get polluted, making sure that you don't get reached and pulled into the lava, making sure that uh, the smoke screen is avoided and brimstone is avoided, and all of these things. like There's so much to remember, and it really is all possible because of the break type. I was so
1: happy. With the addition of all the new gear locks past the base game, I felt like it was time for really difficult enemies and a, a whole clan of difficult enemies to enter the um, the newest map.
0: I agree. Because we had so many strong gear locks before. And, I mean, like, you guys remember our tier list. There weren't very many that were in ring. low tiers, no. right? And especially of the newer characters, like, they are just all so strong. And I think that the, the characters that came with Unbreakable in particular were so powerful. They really needed... They needed something to help balance that. And I think that the break type baddies were the answer, and I think it's a perfect answer. I really do.
1: Yeah. Um, do we want to look over our list and see if we want to change anything?
0: Or? Yeah, let's let's read through it real fast. Okay.
1: So S tier, we've got Unbreakable, Scales, and Kreln.
0: Just to clarify, it's the break type is what they're called. Do you want to read it again?
1: The break type, scales, and crown. Beautiful. <laughs> Can't do anything right. <laughs> um, I I don't think... I don't want to change it. I think it's perfect. I, I know scales is better. I think Bias wants me to put the crown higher, but I, I think
0: it. this looks good. I think it does too. Yeah, Because I really think that the scales are just the first really tough clan that you're dealing with. Yeah,
1: and that's like, isn't that earlier than um because they're they have like base yeah they have base game
0: yeah and the base game ones are
1: difficult too
0: especially for the base game gear locks yeah Um, that's crazy
1: that like a base game clan is this high up
0: yep yeah i agree and i think that the things that make the scales tough continue to make them tough and unbreakable and beyond there are not a lot of gear locks that just can answer the scales um you kind of have to design solutions um, and I think that the crown being at the bottom of S tier, I think that's perfectly fine. That they're still S tier, and yeah. I think
1: that that's not anything to really diminish their value. Absolutely, being at the bottom, they're still S tier.
0: They're still extremely hard to deal with. Um, Absolutely, and maybe someday something that you like can be at the top of S tier. Maybe he's giving me the worst <laughs> smile right now. He's so mad at me. <laughs> um, no, You're I- going the cage tonight. Oh <laughs> I- uh, man. Um. Yeah. No. I've. I've just had to tease you a little bit there, but I don't like meta stuff. Yeah, I don't like the meta. <laughs> I like playing off meta. Jigglypuff is slept on. Oh my god. Um. So, <laughs> Best is the best god in smite
1: Just <laughs> stop. Oh stop. God. We're not bringing up smite on this yeah. podcast. We can't do it. Um. Other podcast.
0: Yeah, I think that the Kreln belong in S tier, but bottom of S tier I think is perfectly comfortable.
1: So S looks good. Uh, Moving on to A, we have Bog, and then we have
0: Mech. I think that feels solid. Yeah. I like the Bog being at the top of A tier. is always annoying. They are always annoying. Poison is always annoying. Secrete, pollute, all of these things are always going to bother you. Um, But there are workarounds, there are solutions, and at this point in the game we know them pretty well. Um, I feel like the point that they have, uh, or the point that scales, rather, have against the bog type is that scales still don't really have that many solutions, hmm. right? But you've got a lot of solutions for dealing with break and poison right. and, you know, pollutes and stuff. Like, there there are solutions there, whereas hardy compound is just always hard to deal with.
1: Yeah, I think I think mech feels good. Um, Bottom of A too. Yeah. I wouldn't move them really any lower. I could see higher situationally, but if we're going on like just generally how good they are, I think bottom of A works. I think so too. They've got a good mixed bag. They've got some good defense. They're three-pointers. Yeah,
0: I think it just feels super solid to have them there. Yes, they throw wrenches into your plans from coming in on the side, but I don't feel like they're the toughest things in the world even still.
1: Um, And then B, we have Orcs and Beasts. I think this feels good too. Yep, orcs at the top, orcs pretty pretty like um, middle of the road, but a little bit a little bit better than middle of the road. Um, I think beasts are kind of they're good on their own, but they really thrive more when they have more beasts on the board. I think that's really why we have them lower B. yeah,
0: i would I would agree with that. I think that they're just a little bit too situational to get their really strong stuff off. And I think that a good player can take them out before that happens. Untargetable is always frustrating. But unlike the scales, I don't feel like them dodging your attacks or staying out of, you know, not being damaged. It's not going to hurt you in the long run, right? No. They're not going to scale in the same way. Huh, scale. <laughs> They're not going to use compound to get stronger and stronger every turn. Right. They're still only going to be swinging for their normal amount of you know attack dice or whatever
1: all right and then at c we have trolls and goblins honestly i think maybe goblins could be put in front of trolls
0: you think so i because
1: i think the i think the abilities for goblins are more annoying than the trolls as a whole i think the whole thing with trolls is they pair well with the other Clans, they do. I think that's the only thing that really kind of gives them, because I mean, they're they're tanks. You know, they got they the are. the thick skin, the of the reach. They're supports, is, really. Yeah, it's annoying, but the the real damage comes from if they're paired with someone who's more annoying, for sure. But or goblins can kind of just be annoying
0: on their own. They kind of can, and those you know, like detonate, for example, is yeah, always just gonna the hurt. detonate. Mischief. The signal mischief.
1: <coughs> I I would argue maybe we place the goblins in front of the the uh, trolls. I
0: I think I feel perfectly fine with that. Okay. The the only argument I was going to make against that is just the fact that trolls do have reach and I think yeah. that reach on the lava mat or reach, you know, being played with these break type baddies is a lot stronger because yeah. they're going to take you and put you into the lava and that hurts.
1: Which again, very situational.
0: But yeah, it does feel situational compared to more
1: consistently annoying
0: creatures. from the goblins.
1: Um i i want to put trolls higher i really do but it really is just like everything we come up with that's good about them is like
0: uh well that's only situational that's right
1: that's not going to happen every time more than likely it's just going to be some troll you kind of just ignore
0: yep i am perfectly fine with putting them at the bottom i really feel like that's comfortable for them
1: cool well that feels like a good tier list
0: i think so too anything else that we want to say about uh about this tier list in general any closing thoughts
1: um, I think we wanted to mention the multi-type. Yeah, we
0: did talk about mentioning the multi-types.
1: We, we were... Well, I was kind of... I don't know. I, I mentioned this. But yeah. I was thinking it kind of... Mm-hmm. Most of the multi-types kind of just take the individual clan and maybe boost it up like a notch. Yeah.
0: Or mix and match. Or mix and match, yeah. Because like... Here's a great example. is The, uh, the Shadow Keeper is a dual-type five-point batty. Uh, It is dual-typed with Scales and Bog, 7 health, 3 initiative, 0 attack, 1 roll defense, Daze, and Poison 3. We didn't talk about Daze, but Daze says you place a Daze effect die on them. Basically means that they can't move until the start of the Shadow Keeper's next turn. It is melee and targets only the one strongest Cure Lock. Um, You can see that it kind of gets some things from both, because there are some Scales who do have Daze, so it's kind of taking that day's ability, but it's taking the poison three from Bog as well. And it creates it a really combines. unique
1: unique character and yes. it, it can be really, really difficult, but I feel like most of the time it's just like oh, okay, well, it's just two abilities we've seen before on sure. a creature that has boosted stats.
0: I think So we didn't really want to add it because of that. Well and it also I feel like it depends on how you play with the dual types. Because yeah. some people play with the dual types By any time that you have any clan that's included on that dual type, you include that dual type. So if you're playing against troll type baddies, you are going to include any dual type that has the troll type. We don't play like that. I think we've tried it. We've done it a few times, but we don't normally play like that. If we are including the dual types, it's usually a conscious decision that we make before the game of like, we're going to include them this time. And it always gives a different flavor, because I feel like the dual types, I don't know, they're they're a little unique, I think they're kind of situational, and I just don't feel like they can be judged in the same way that the rest of these can.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: Okay, so that's why we didn't include them on this list, Um, but if you disagree, uh, tell us about it, and... Like, comment, subscribe, uh... No, Please,
1: we're so lonely.
0: Send an email to Caleb, oh, specifically. I'm going to give you his personal real email. personal email and dox him right now. Send him an email and tell him why you disagree with that choice. Perfect. Sounds good. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Doxing complete. Uh, alright. Well, I'll have, uh, editing Nick take it from here, but, uh... Adios, muchachos. My favorite Nick. It's, honestly, <laughs> he's the better Nick. Hey there, folks. It's Editing Nick here. You guys know how this goes. Just wrapping up with a couple of quick closing thoughts here. Wanted to say thank you guys so much for your continued fantastic, amazing support and all of your engagement. Uh, We recently hit, uh, I believe it was 600 plays on Spotify alone just the other day, and Caleb and I couldn't be more ecstatic. It is so much fun seeing you guys engage with the podcast and seeing that people out there are actually listening to us. Uh, we, We kind of didn't really expect that in the beginning. So, again, thank you so much. Um, Also wanted to say thank you to Mon for the fantastic music, to my wife for her continued support, my co-host Caleb for being on the show with me, and, of course, Chip Theory Games. Thank you so much for designing these games that we love so very much. Um, If you guys do have any questions, concerns, or corrections, anything similar, feel free to reach us at thespireslookout at gmail.com. I know I mentioned socials last episode, We still have not quite gotten those up yet, but be on the lookout. Those are in the works, I promise. Uh, Until next time, though, you guys just keep on crushing those baddies.